You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we're live. Chris, what's going on, my man? What's going on, Big Blue View readers and listeners? Look, the New York Giants just lost 22 to 16 in week 18, where they rested basically all their starters. We had a bunch of rookies out there, a bunch of guys who have not been there that long. But Chris, that was a really entertaining second half from an offensive and a defensive standpoint. I mean, if you were to tell me that we'd get to witness Davis Webb acting like Saquon Barkley at his best running through Reed Blankenship for a touchdown and and a Kenny Galladay touchdown, I would say, what are you on right now? Because that is not something that I would have expected, but that's what we saw. Chris, how excited were you when you saw your guy Davis Webb do that. Yeah, you know, I think that was the best truck from a New York Giant since Brandon Jacob in his prime. Yeah, he, Davis Webb just lowered his shoulder and ran ran right through and over Blankenship for a touchdown. The first touchdown of his NFL career. And then to go down the field and get Kenny Galladay his first touchdown as a New York Giant. His first touchdown since 2020. And quite possibly the most expensive touchdown in NFL history. <laughs> and just, you know, from a from a quarterback that Dave Gettleman cut, got one of Dave Gettleman's biggest free agents his first his first touchdown. <laughs> it's some sort of poetic justice for Chris Flum right now. But I'll say this, man, this was a very valiant effort by the second team, showing a lot of grit down the stretch of the game. We talked about this pre-show, and I agree. It's not like the Eagles were really trying to pour it on offensively, but the Giants were able to force, what, I think five field goals from Jake yes. Elliott. So they were able to really come up big in those high leverage situations, third and long situations, third and medium, third and short. Obviously, despite that, Boston Scott still got his. That's going to be a given. Boston Scott scored a touchdown early in this game. The only Philadelphia Eagles touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, uh, during the during the game, I messaged Ed and said, you know, why why don't the Eagles just play the Wildcat whenever they play the Giants and have Boston Scott as their starting quarterback because all he does is score touchdowns against the Giants and the Giants are the only team he scores touchdowns against. I I think this was his tenth touchdown against the against the Giants. <laughs> I think he has one in every game. It's just one of them was a receiving touchdown, which I think we all unfortunately remember. That was the one against Jabril Peppers where he went with his opposite arm and got all tangled up in coverage. But yeah, Boston Scott always kills the New York Giants. That's just going to be a given. But man, this was a week 18 game where it didn't seem like the Giants, well, the Giants didn't have much to play for, but you still want to get your young guys out there. I felt like Dane Belton coming away with that interception. Look, that was more of a bad decision by Jalen Hurts, but I still want to see the coverage because it kind of went off screen to see exactly what happened. But there were young players like Cordell Flott and Micah McFadden defensively that I felt like were kind of flying around and making some good plays that I'm interested to study on the All-22. Micah McFadden in particular had a couple really nice plays in pursuit outside the tackles that showed off a little bit more athletic ability than maybe that maybe than we give him credit for. 
Yeah, I we saw a bunch of the Giants' depth players really step up. Now, these are depth players who the Giants have had to rely on over the course of the season. You know, it's not like they were coming off the bench after not playing anything, you know, any snaps. But we saw Timon Fox. He was all over the place. Micah McFadden, Nick McLeod, Dane Belton, Gerard Davis, who the Giants just very recently acquired. Those guys were kind of all over the field for the Giants' defense. And... Yeah, I really do think the Eagles were just trying to get through this game, get to their bye week without exposing their players or really much of anything. Yeah, you know, they they wanted to get just get out of this game with a win without anybody getting hurt and without showing any more of their offense to the rest of the NFL than they absolutely had to. And you know, the Giants were playing hard. It, I I don't think the Giants had any expectations of winning, but they sure played like they wanted it. And it seemed like early in this game, it was an uber conservative approach, which is really not shocking at all. When you have Davis Webb, the guy who is not your starting quarterback playing quarterback for you was a lot of just zone reads, a lot of like the similar stuff, a lot of just like passes along the flat. But then we got to see Davis Webb uncork his arm, which I know if there's anybody in this world that can tell us about Davis Webb's ability to throw the deep ball, he's sitting on this podcast and it's not me. That's Chris Flum. So that must have really excited you, my man. It was. I would have liked to have seen more of it, honestly. But given that the Giants back up offensive line, which we do need to talk about the offensive line just a little bit, because that does, I think, have bearing beyond this week. But, you know, the Giants back up offensive line going against the Eagles starting defensive line, which... It, they have probably the most disruptive defensive line in the NFL. That is not a matchup you want to see. That's not a matchup you want to see when you have to throw the ball deep. But Davis Webb does have the ability to drive the ball. It does jump off of his hand. So it, it was nice to see him throw the ball because I have always enjoyed watching him throw. <laughs> yeah, I know you have. You brought it up several times on this podcast. Another cool thing about this game was the Eagles entered this game needing four sacks to set. I believe it was the NFL record for sacks in a season by a team. And they got two sacks in this game. So they did not accomplish that goal, which is awesome, but they didn't sack Davis Webb one time. And Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor did not play quarterback. They just had a sack on Jamie Gillen on that. What was it? Fake uh, field goal or that field goal that was botched or whatever it really was. I'm pretty sure that was a designed fake. Because I we think also, so too. It was a little awkward looking, though. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, of course, it's going to be awkward. The Giants' special teams has not been a strength this year. No, and ESPN no, too, Chris. It has uh, the Lawrence Cager play as a sack too. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, they were maybe trying to give the Eagles the uh, the sack. That could be. That could be. Did not get the record, which is awesome because you know, look, we don't want the Philadelphia Eagles to have success here. We're, we're New York Giants. <laughs> People who cover the New York Giants for New York Giants fans. But Chris, any other key takeaways about this matchup? You know, I was kind of encouraged by how well the guys down the depth chart played. Like Lawrence Cager, I think he might have earned himself some playing time if he is on the active roster. Like if he's if there is room for him on the active roster next week, or maybe a, a futures contract, you know, a at least a chance to compete for a roster spot next year. Cause it's like he was the giants number one receiver. He was Davis Webb's go-to guy and he made some really impressive catches. 
And if you remember, just throughout like the middle part of that season, they introduced Lawrence Cager as kind of like that H-back type of weapon. He had a couple plays designed for him in the red zone that didn't convert. And then the next week, and I'm trying to remember what exact week this was. This might have been Houston and Detroit, or or I, I don't exactly remember. But then he ended up scoring a touchdown in the red zone. And when you look at Lawrence Cager, former wide receiver at Georgia, turned tight end at, via the Jets practice squad, <laughs> he offers something that a lot of the tight ends in this league don't even have in terms of just unique movement ability. It's just I don't know how well he can do holding up at the point of attack as a Y type of individual, which is important in this offense. Yeah, I think he is kind of a uh, – I think he's a good tight end to have – on your roster for using 12 personnel as a pseudo 11 personnel. You could use him as an H-back, motion him to the slot, hell, motion him out wide. Really go go to school on how the Raiders have used Darren Waller and and incorporate that into your offense. Now, that I wouldn't expect to see that with one week of practice, but maybe going forward next year, I think... Brian Dayball, Mike Kafka, I assuming Mike Kafka is still here and hasn't been scooped up by the Broncos or the Panthers or anyone anyone like that. Yeah, I would expect to see them develop more of a package for Lawrence Cager going into 2023. I would hope so. I mean, he had 10 targets, eight catches for 69 yards in this game against what nice. was a really good defense, right? Like yeah. <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really good defense there, Chris, over there in Philadelphia. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. That's uh, definitely one person that I feel like if there's an offensive player who might earn playing time heading into this matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, it's Lawrence Cager. And that's what a lot of our comments are about. They're about... Lawrence Cager, about Kenny Galladay catching the touchdown, which hyped up a lot of Giant fans. It's it's kind of nuts, man. This guy has not scored in two years with the New York Giants. Scores in week 18 on a late fourth quarter throw that prompted an onside kick that was unsuccessful. Yeah, the, just the fact that Giants even had the potential to come out and win that game, to steal the win away from the Eagles. Yeah, that, that's worth getting hyped over. And Never mind that it was a $70 million touchdown. <laughs> 77, I think. Yeah, that, oh, it, yeah, that's something I think just to kind of put put aside, put out of our, just put out of our head for a minute. And, you know, I, I think there are some good things to take away from the way the defense played. The Giants didn't back down. They kept the blitz alive. They really attacked the Eagles offense, even if, 
they the Eagles weren't, you know, like you said before, trying to pour it on. They didn't really have the pedal to the metal. There were quite a few plays where, you know, they, they just said, you know, we'll just live to we'll just live to fight another day. We're not going to extend this too long. We're not going to take too too many chances with this. Yes, they had the quarterback sneak, but the way they had that designed, Jalen Hurts he just got bumped a little bit. The guys do, doing and taking all the hitting were on the offensive line. <laughs> yeah. That's tends to be the offensive line. Don't get any of the credit ever. Right. Of course not. Of course, of not. course, of course not. So it looks like though, because before we get out of here, the giants will be traveling back to Minnesota to play the Vikings who won today, 29 to 13 against the Chicago bears, which secured the Chicago bear spot as the number one pick because the Houston Texans decided to win their last game against the Indianapolis Colts. It just felt like, like if I was a Texans fan, I'd be very upset right now. That's just, I'm sorry. Like I would be like, you have the number one pick right there. And now you decide to win football games. Like I get it of from course. a player and coaching standpoint, but man, like the, the one, the one safety on the Colts too, like had that ball lined up for an interception to end the game and Davis mills possible career with the Houston Texans. <laughs> and, and it just uh, went right through his hands and fell right into Jordan yeah. Aiken's lap, former New York giant, great Jordan Aiken's. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is one thing with the Texans with Lovey Smith's Texans is they have played hard all year. They were, that was something I noticed when the giants played them, the Texans are a team where they had to play an absolutely perfect game just to be competitive, but they never really packed it in even as badly outmatched as they have been all year long. I saw just before we started recording that I believe it was Jake Laser who reported either Nick Casario or Lovey Smith could be gone. Maybe both of them tomorrow. I would I would like to see those guys get a chance to actually build that roster out with the second overall pick. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ways we could spin forward with the draft talk. Just looking at how many teams are going to need quarterbacks who are right now going to be in the top 15. That is, I think the run-up to the draft, draft night themselves are going to be really, it's going to be chaotic out there. But for the first time in a long time, that's not something we have to worry about just yet. No, it's not. You know what we have to worry about, Chris? The Minnesota Vikings. Yes. <laughs> in a game that's winnable. I mean, the Giants were right in there with the Minnesota Vikings, and it took what, a 61-yard field goal by Greg Joseph. So, yeah. like, this is and, a winnable game. No one would have anticipated that at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and fortunately, the Minnesota Vikings do not have Hassan Reddick. <laughs> Yes, they do not have a son Reddick, who is an absolute beast. And I would say that might be one of the players on the defensive side of the football that Chris Flum absolutely loves. Because for years, you've been talking about Davis Webb and a son Reddick, and they both made this podcast. This has to be a favorite podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's right up there. You know, I, I've been wanting the Giants to trade for Hassan Reddick basically ever since they got they hired James Betcher. Because I the Cardinals mm. really didn't have a clue of what to do with Hassan Reddick because you know he he's too small to be a defensive end. And he wasn't transitioning to linebacker very well. Yeah, well, the, the guy can rush the passer, and it, it just sucks that he's an eagle. I hate it when the eagles do smart things like bring in Hassan Reddick. <laughs> They've done several smart things in recent memory, but we don't have to acknowledge them or talk about them here on this no. podcast. <laughs> no, but Chris, no, do, you have anything, do you have anything else on this Week 18 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, just like the way we titled this live stream, this was a loss that really didn't feel like a loss. And I think this was a win for the Eagles that didn't really feel like a win. This is one of those 
kind of disappointing, almost demoralizing wins where they should not have had to work quite as hard as they did to beat the Giants second and third string players. That's the point, right? Our B squad competed. I mean, it didn't seem like a competition early in the game, but they competed with their A squad who desperately needed to win this game when this game didn't really, the Giants didn't need this game. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't like saying it like that because I feel like every football game you're going out there to win, but they didn't need it to get into the playoffs. The desperation wasn't necessarily there. Jason C brings up a good point too in the comments. Galladay's catch was actually a great play too. Unfortunately, we didn't get those plays from him all season. Yeah, that's the, or the last, or the season before, (laughs) or the season before. But Chris, anything else, my bro? No, you know, I, I, I think we, we need to get back and look at the tape. I do want to get a look at, Evan Neal, because if there's one thing I am concerned about mm. after this game, it was how Evan Neal played. You know, a couple false starts, which happens when you're going up against yeah, Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, but he gave up quite a few pressures in in that first half. His play was kind of a big reason why Davis Webb was scrambling and running around the backfield as much as he was. Uh, that is, I think, something to keep an eye on, something to be at least a little bit concerned about going ahead because Daniil Hunter is a pretty good edge in his own right. Very good edge. So we'll have to monitor that. And we'll be covering this matchup against the Minnesota Vikings extensively over at bigblueview.com. So everyone, please head on over there throughout the week. Check it out. Also like subscribe this podcast, big blue view radio. And look, like you said, Chris, this kind of felt like a win just because it was very competitive and it Onside kick, man, just was not successful. Could you imagine if the Giants could have pulled it off? But that did not happen. Please, everybody, head on over to BigBlueView.com. Check us out. But until then, take care of each other and have a lovely one. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.